The Oklahoma Sooners looking to flip a Tennessee commit at defensive back. We'll talk about that and more on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners, and thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. We're free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button and that notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. My buddy here is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at JoshOnRef. You can also hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on 94.7 The Ref in Norman. Kicking us off tonight, Josh, we're going to talk about an Oklahoma visit from a defensive back committed to the Tennessee volunteers. That's going to be one Caleb Beasley going to be visiting the Oklahoma Sooners on June 9th through the 11th. Josh, what do you make of this Oklahoma just out there trying to flip defensive backs year after year? Well, uh, I, I would make of it that Oklahoma is pretty seriously involved here because uh, here's somebody that's, committed to Tennessee has been committed to Tennessee dating all the way back uh, to October of last football season. So October, 2022 pick Tennessee over offers from Notre Dame, Georgia Clemson, and several others. He's making this visit. Beasley is to Oklahoma. And Oh, by the way, he's got another visit planned for Notre Dame coming up in the football season, September 22nd. Uh, also visited Notre Dame, I guess back in April, so Notre Dame and Oklahoma, it feels like it's interestingly enough, right? Because there was a couple of two names that uh, schools that were involved in Peyton Bowen late. So here they are, Notre Dame and Oklahoma again uh, in the mix with Tennessee here. It sounds like those three, yeah, you'd have to say pretty seriously for OU along with Notre Dame. If you're taking an, an official visit, even while you're committed, I mean, John, there's at least something there. Yeah, and you're not going to, you're not going to doubt Oklahoma's ability to pull off this flip based on what they did with Peyton Bowen last year and their ability to recruit defensive backs over the last couple cycles. I mean, Jay Valai, Brandon Hall have done a tremendous job recruiting the position in the 2022-2023 cycles. So to me, anybody's available. If you're a four or five star prospect, I would not put it past Oklahoma to be able to get a flip. Now they've got a couple defensive backs and Jeremiah Newcomb and Jaden Hardy already committed to the class right now, but that they're not stopping there. I mean, they, they took a big class in the 2023 cycle, but it wouldn't surprise me to see them go back to back in adding a, a significant number of defensive backs in this class. And if they can get Caleb Beasley on campus, maybe that changes everything for him and his recruitment. I mean, we know what this staff is able to do in building relationships and, and selling kids on the sole mission. You know, you read one, you know, prospects, uh, thoughts on Oklahoma after another. And a lot of it times it comes back to one of two things. It's the relationships. It's the family atmosphere. One of three things, or it's the sole mission. And a lot of that stems, it kind of all ties in together. So, you know, getting Caleb Beasley on campus, this is a kid that's a consensus four-star prospect across every major recruiting service. He's a top 200 prospect everywhere, but rivals. He's a top 25 cornerback in the class and he's you know the number one prospect in tennessee according to the on three industry ranking or 247 sports uh top 247 ranking so a lot to like about the kid 
I mean, he's he's not got necessarily the size that they're looking for on the outside, but neither does a kid like Josiah Wagner. He's not an overly tall player, but he brings a, a mentality and an attitude to the cornerback position that, I mean, these guys are going to love. So and a very, very intriguing prospect for the Sooners to be pursuing. Absolutely. And, you know, I think you ran down a good bit of it right there, but Jay Valai and Oklahoma – especially, you know, this last class, but they've done a good job bringing defensive back talent and particularly specifically cornerback talent to, to Oklahoma safety. I know would, uh, would be Peyton Bowen. So done a really nice job there. All of a sudden Oklahoma is not that they haven't been necessarily in the past, but it feels like Oklahoma has some momentum on the recruiting trail in the defensive backfield with Brandon Hall, with Jay Valai, and here you go. Uh, not going to count out Valai to be able to pull off this flip, John. Exactly right. One more other prospect we want to talk about, and that's the number one athlete in the 2024 cycle. That's Terry Bussey, a kid that everybody's going to be trying to get. Oklahoma is going to get a visit from him uh, coming up on the for the champion barbecue. That's going to be coming up June 16th through the 18th. Uh, I think it it means something that Oklahoma is getting these top rated players um, in the cycle to their event here in the middle of June. I mean, David Stone's going to be at the champion barbecue. Now, you know, Williams and we talked about on our show yesterday for all the everydayers, he's not going to be at the champion, but he's going to be there June 9th through 11 when Caleb Beasley is also going to be there. So a good chance for, uh, Williams Moneri, Caleb Beasley, maybe to rub elbows a little bit. And, and, you know, the, the Sooners defensive staff kind of recruit these two guys at the same time, but David Stone, I mean, getting a chance to sit there with, you know, the number one athlete and, you know, Michael Hawkins will probably be there as well. So a lot to like about what Oklahoma is doing. Um, what they, what he said about Oklahoma, they've got a really good program over there. They've been at the top for a minute. Now their offense is really dynamic with what, coach jeff levy is doing he's a great coach everything he does is elite of elite he's great over there i've talked to emmett jones a little bit he seems like a great coach i can't wait to meet him and this is from uh drew shot and from uh, sooner scoop as well so um yeah just a lot of good things going on for the sooners now this looks like a wide receiver prospect that maybe that oklahoma is going to be uh chasing as well the number 30 overall prospect and number six player in texas um yeah, a lot to like about Terry Bussey. It feels like a name that hasn't really been on the radar for Oklahoma. No. This one, this one, haven't really been talking a lot about it, but all of a sudden you've got Bussey coming on campus for the GFU barbecue, John, which when you're having when you're having the debate with, say, a Williams Winery, is it a problem that he's not coming for the GFU barbecue and he's coming the week before? to visit Oklahoma, that tells me that for everybody else, it's a big deal. It's a legitimate uh, – It's look, it's not a recruiting win until somebody's committed, and if somebody's committed, it's not totally a recruiting win until somebody signs. But for Oklahoma, John, they've historically, these last however many years, they've made up a lot of ground. They've won recruitments with and at the Champion Barbecue where you get all of these talented players in one spot together, and guess what? There's some peer-on-peer recruitment, and all of a sudden, Terry Bussey sees this guy, sees that guy, and it's, hey, let's come to Oklahoma and build something special. So it's no small feat to me that Terry Bussey will be coming to Oklahoma for the Champion Barbecue, even though this is somebody that really wasn't on our radar. 24-7 sports loves the kid, John. I'm looking at 
their rankings. They've got him as the number 15 overall player. 24-7 sports does in a 24 class. Number one athlete, number two player from Texas, number 15 player nationally. And you said wide receiver. That's how they've got him listed. But probably you could do a lot of different things with Terry Bussey. He, uh, he plays quarterback, I guess, in high school, John, but uh, you know has carried the football a bunch too. Uh, they've, they've got him listed as a wide receiver, so probably not playing quarterback at the next level, but this is somebody that just based on his athleticism, John, incredible athlete, could do a lot of different things, whether it's running back, wide receiver, a wide receiver that you move into the backfield a little bit. Seems like somebody that can do a lot of different things. Yeah, we'll continue to follow these recruitments as well as the next few weeks transpire. Oklahoma will have them on campus. Hopefully we'll get some updates on that uh, when they come to Norman. Uh, Coming up next, we're going to talk about a trio of transfers that Oklahoma has hosted uh, this past week and what it might mean for them. But first, let's talk to you about our friends over at FanDuel. Speaking of important trios, a trio of victories to start the Eastern Conference Finals, and it got interesting when there were a trio of uh, defeats for Miami, but they do find a way into the NBA Finals. They'll meet the Denver Nuggets there, and that means it's time to make a fast break on over to FanDuel for the end of the NBA playoffs here, the NBA Finals. Oh, it all comes down to this, baby. Right now, new customers, no sweat, first bet up to $2,500. That's up, baby. No sweat, first bet up to $2,500, and there's no better place to bet on the NBA Finals action to get in on the playoff action. NHL 2, right? Stanley Cup Final. Here we go here. Uh, Vegas and, sorry, John, Vegas Golden Knights and the uh, Florida Panthers. Somebody's getting their first Stanley Cup uh, championship. No better place to get in on the playoff action than at America's number one sportsbook, FanDuel.com slash locked on. A no sweat first bet up to $2,500. FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, something that will uh, brighten your mood, less depressing than, say, the uh, Dallas Stars uh, uh, going fishing, as our our friends would say over uh, the Turner crew. Trio of transfers visiting Oklahoma, John. Who do we need to know about here? And uh, what is the big buzz on the transfer portal trail? It's not over, is it? It just continues on for Oklahoma. No, well, according to uh, Randall Sweet of All Sooners, the Sooners hosted uh, in addition to Philip Paya, who we talked about on yesterday's show for all the everydayers, a defensive tackle prospect from Utah State, definitely a one tech nose tackle type defensive tackle prospect. They're also hosting former Tennessee defensive lineman Dejon Terry, also spent a couple years at Kansas before spending two years with the Volunteers. Uh, over the last two years with Tennessee, and this is again a one tech defensive you know nose tackle type 6'4 325 uh, with the volunteers over the last two seasons 35 total tackles six for loss and three sacks 
So a, a guy that really, I mean, has the size to be a big time difference maker in Dejon Terry that could come in and, and be a significant player for them right away. Um, just based on the production again, 325 guys, 325 pound guys, they're not always creating a ton of, you know, splash plays in the backfield, but he's got some, you know, six you know, tackles for loss over the last two seasons, three sacks. This is your guy that you're hoping is just going to occupy blockers so that guys like Danny Stutzman and Jaron Canick, Dasan McCullough, and you know, your other defensive line mates, Ethan Downs and Ronald Bothroyd and, uh, R. Mason Thomas. Always forget R. Mason Thomas's name. I'm sorry, R. Mason. Every single time uh, that those guys can run freer because they don't have centers and guards splitting or getting to the second level to to shield them off. Or those guys, you know, those guards aren't able to pull to get to the outside because the 325 pound defensive tackle is holding them up. So this is a very very intriguing potential add in the transfer portal for the Oklahoma Sooners with Dejon Terry. Yeah, I would love to see Oklahoma add up front along its uh, defensive line, particularly that interior of the defensive line. Feels like you and I, John, both feel pretty strongly that Isaiah Coe is somebody that's fairly dependable for Oklahoma. But that being said, maybe you or I and others don't necessarily or haven't been convinced yet that there's there's star power with Isaiah Coe or a Jordan Kelly. Maybe that develops this season. It's it's not unthinkable that somebody uh, somebody takes a big leap. We've seen good play uh, in the past, and maybe now somebody's ready to turn that corner. But that being said, you'd love to stabilize and just continue to add a little bit of depth right there at defensive tackle. It's definitely a position we know that uh, obviously uh, with Sears, Oklahoma's done a little little bit of adding right there via the transfer portal, but more would be a, a welcome site for Oklahoma. And then Josh Wallace, this is somebody that, uh, you know, Michigan, Iowa, th there's multiple Big Ten schools that are in on this cornerback. So Josh Wallace is a, a name that's, you know, really didn't hear a lot about the last month or so, but now this last week it seems like, has really, really started to uh, to pick up some steam in his transfer portal recruitment. And obviously Oklahoma, right in the thick of things. Yeah, it's a very intriguing prospect. You know, spent four years at UMass, played a ton of snaps, over 2,000 snaps, according to Pro Football Focus, and, you know, has decent grades based on their grading scale. Uh, you look at some of his just kind of receiving, you know, statistics against, only allowed a completion on 55% of targets, uh, only allowed two touchdowns last season, had two interceptions and seven pass breakups. So, you know, and, and allowed a passer rating of just 83.4. So a really, a, to me, a pretty solid player. Um, you know, I, I'm not, you know, looking at UMass's schedule, it's not necessarily a who's who, uh, you know, their, their most difficult contest would be against Texas A&M late in the season. They had two lane week one. Uh, but he looks like he held his own in both contests. You know, he gave up a touchdown to Texas A&M, but, you know, didn't give one up against Tulane. So, you know, just intriguing. And the fact that so many, you know, big time power five programs are going after this kid. I think that means something. And you still have a bit of a quarterback question on the outside opposite of Woody Washington. You, I mean, we all like, you know, Malachi Coleman. We like just Josiah Wagner. We like Kendall Dolby, but they're unproven prospects right now they're they're not somebody that you can have a safe floor with and 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 i know you know we kind of 
expected guys to transfer out like a Jaden Davis, but at least with Jaden Davis, you knew the kind of floor that you had, even if he wasn't ever going to be a star cornerback out there uh, for the Sooners, you knew you had a pretty safe floor with him right now. It's, you don't really know what you've got. You could have a really high ceiling one week and then a, you know, pretty low floor, which is kind of the case with freshmen sometimes, especially at a difficult position to play like cornerback. So bringing in a guy with 2000 snaps, to his collegiate profile, I think that that can help them and, and really can only solidify that depth even further. And it's not shocking to see that these are the position groups, John, that Oklahoma is targeting, because guess what? As you beautifully explained right there, you lost Jaden Davis and feel how you want to feel about Jaden Davis. He was in the mix to be a starter at Oklahoma for this coming season. So that was a substantial transfer portal loss to uh to Miami now obviously uh he, he you know maybe there was a little bit of a differ you know difference of opinion on where Jaden Davis was going to play or help Oklahoma out at and where Jaden Davis wanted to play but I you know neither here nor there we know that Jaden Davis was again a factor for playing time for this Oklahoma team and OU needs uh wants some immediate cornerback help in the you know, in the way of a Josh Wallace that can step right in and maybe help you. And then defensive line, we've probably talked that thing to to death here, but OU could use a little bit of extra help, uh, at, you know, especially, you know, interior defensive line guys. You just can't have enough of those guys. I mean, offensive line, interior offensive linemen, interior defensive linemen. There's really nowhere on a football field where the attrition, the physicality of a season is probably going to wear on you quicker or more often than right there, interior lines. So if you can add a couple of extra bodies, it'd be great for OU. Yeah, and I think they could take both of those guys and make them a part of their defensive line rotation. You still just need depth. I mean, whether they are big-time starters for you, that'll be a question for training, you know, for fall camp. But uh, you got to have guys like, you know, uh, a DeJon Terry and a Stephen Paya, you know, who can just plug up the middle and make it really difficult for teams to run inside which makes them more predictable because if you're going to run, you got to run outside. Now I got to correct myself. I said, Malachi Coleman. I meant Makari Vickers. I don't know where Malachi Coleman came from. That's the guy that Oklahoma was really hot and heavy for in the 2023 recruiting cycle. that ended up going to Nebraska. Not sure why his name popped up. Hadn't thought about him in a really, really long time, uh, but meant Makari Vickers. We really like Makari Vickers. We really like Josiah Wagner, but Again, if you can add a dude with 2,000 snaps to his name, sometimes you just got to to have that safe floor to you. All right, Josh, last thing we're going to touch on here, we got some game times released for Oklahoma, early part of the schedule and for, you know, and some of the broadcast information as well uh, for the later part of the schedule. But Josh, what did you take away from the, the opening week, Arkansas State Red Wolves, Oklahoma Sooners at the... 11 a.m. time slot. Ah, yes. The the time slot that just warms the Sooner fan base's heart. You know, look, uh, not not the home game that uh, I think people are going to be super particular about when this thing kicks off. So probably if there was an 11 a.m. game at home, this would be, right, this would be not the worst one uh, to happen. By now, you know, you kind of you kind of go through. We've got, what, the, the first three set up. Uh, I guess we're that third week Tulsa. You're trying to figure out, is it going to be ESPN or ESPN two, but five o'clock, uh, 5 PM for that, uh, that second contest, it's an ESPN plus game. 
which uh, I think most OU fans now, most, not all, but a lot probably already have ESPN Plus. So whereas, you know, the pay-per-view game in the past was, you know, what are we going to do? Whose house are we going to? How are we going to navigate this pay-per-view game? Who's paying for it? What are we doing? It, It probably, this is probably less obnoxious or less I got to go out of my way than maybe years past, just because I think a lot of people have that ESPN plus package now to, to watch Oklahoma softball, to watch OU baseball, to watch some, you know, basketball games here or there are just a bunch of the different events that that sooner vision package has been placed on ESPN plus. So, you know, probably uh, from the pantheon of frustration, not super frustrating as maybe in years past. And then of course uh, you got the final date that we know, which is, the uh what the day after thanksgiving that black friday date versus tcu is an 11 o'clock kick on fox yeah you just knew that uh fox is going to get one more 11 a.m kickoff there for the oklahoma sooners i feel like this is just and i'm not gonna i'm sure it's not and it has nothing to do with it but just one last time to host oklahoma one last time to have a big noon kickoff with the sooners and yeah you throw the sooners in there at the 11 a.m slot just for posterity's sake against the horn frogs there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting. And what, what's to me, what's more fascinating on this is that, OU Texas got slated for ABC and I'm wondering Fox, what's up with that one? Uh, but maybe it's just was ABC's turn. Maybe it was, you know, Fox has something else that they were going to you know have for that weekend that they wanted instead. Um, who knows what kind of horses were being traded uh, along the, along the lines to get the schedule the way it was. But I just thought that that was very interesting and, you know, potentially looking at, you know, what could be an afternoon time slot since it won't be on Fox won't have to be a part of that big noon kickoff. So it won't be the 11 AM game or it could still be an 11 AM game, but ABC could choose to put it at the three o'clock two thirty kickoff start, which would be kind of fun too. Yeah. I would imagine probably it will be, it'll be at two thirty. I, I would I would think it's been uh, an 11 a.m. game every year since 2007, uh, 2017, excuse me. That's uh, the last time it was 2.30, but I don't know. I just – I would think that it'll probably be that time slot. It, it'll be one of the two, right? It'll be 11 or 2.30, and, you know, that game, it's probably, probably not the worst thing either way. And, you know, for folks that are going to be there, they might almost – prefer it to be that's like the one game you would like to be at 11 a.m just because when it's 2 30 man i don't know how many have you been to an ou texas game before no i have not my wife has several times but i have not well the reason i say that is about 2 30 in the cotton bowl typically it's scorching hot uh, so you know 11 a.m it's uh, i'm not saying it's cool typically at the cotton bowl but man you start getting into that middle third quarter and into the fourth quarter you've been out there baking in the sun you do that but you know it's OU Texas so everybody will be fine right everybody that's that's the one game no big deal we'll find it but probably not gonna hurt people's feelings too much if it's the earlier game so long as you make uh, positive choices on a Friday night that is (laughs) that's right OU Texas tank top sunscreen get your get your uh fisherman hat out there and You'll be you'll be good to go. So that I just thought it's fun that we get these game times already, uh, and then you know of course we'll hear more announcements down the road uh, within every, anywhere from six to twelve days out about the rest of the schedule. Um, any kind of hopes that you might have for 
say Oklahoma versus Oklahoma state and bedlam that first week in November, do you, do you want that to be a night game in Stillwater again? Or are you kind of hoping that's a, you know, more of a daytime kickoff? I think middle afternoon, if, if we're saying from an OU fans perspective, what's most advantageous for OU. Okay. Probably middle of the afternoon would be, would be better that time of year. I don't think it's ever affected Oklahoma, those November, December type games. I mean, OU plays well. It seems like in bad conditions, weather-wise hasn't, you know, that like that part, I don't worry about, oh, it's going to be warmer versus it's going to be really frosty later that night. I just think of, you know, less time as uh, one famous man, Bob Stoops would say, less time for those in Stilly to get charged up for said Bedlam game. But then, you know, as – as just a, a viewer, it feels like it should be a primetime kick, right? I mean, I think it's probably – I could make an argument that for all of those reasons that maybe it's not quite as raucous. But then again, I mean, it's the, the final Bedlam game. There's going to be so much venom for that. So, yeah, I, I just – and it almost – it's going to be prime time. Okay. There's no way that game won't be prime time. So there's, you know, the idea, should it be an afternoon game? Should it be a prime? It will be a prime time game. Yeah. I, I kind of tend to think that that's also going to be the case because there's just too much build up to the game. And then to have a whole Saturday to continue to build up to the kickoff. I mean, that's a, a broadcast company's dream right there to be able to spend all day teasing the final bedlam game. That would just be gold for them. So uh, any other thoughts on the schedule release, Josh, before we get out of here? Not necessarily. I, I mean, I don't know that uh, I don't know that anything is, you know, particularly blows you away from what you've seen so far of the the schedule release. Can't wait to find out what the rest of those puzzle pieces look like. But I guess for the rest of it, it'll probably be what the 12 six day windows. And for Oklahoma, it typically comes down to that. Uh, we're going to wait until the final moment before we uh, announce when Oklahoma is kicking off. That's right. I do find the five o'clock kickoff to be a little bit weird, especially against a team like SMU, but that, I don't know. That's just weird. ESPN plus you can do weird things on ESPN plus. That's right. That's right. I wonder who the other fascinating thing about that would be who, who we get on the play by play and the kick, you know, and the, the color commentary, will it be like an Oklahoma crew that, that does the play by play for that, you know, with a, a Teddy and, and Gabe and, um, you know, Toby Rowland doing the play-by-play or will they bring somebody else in from ESPN plus to do that? Cause I know he'll, Toby will be doing the radio broadcast. So will they just look to double dip and, and have him do both? I don't know, but uh, just something to keep an eye on for fun. They could simulcast it. I, I doubt that they go that route, but uh, even if you kind of keep somebody from Sooner Vision to do the game. I mean, Chad McKee would be an easy TV uh, ESPN plus selection there. I mean, that would be a natural fit uh, if you're not going to simulcast that broadcast. But yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't even thought about that idea. Yeah. Oh, I know. Like, so back in the day, the stars and they might still do this. I'm just out of the radio market, but the stars would simulcast their, you know, broadcasts on TV and radio for their NHL games. So anyway, just just something interesting because Toby, Toby is the voice of Oklahoma football and to have that on, um, on the, the big screen as well would be kind of fun as well. Cause I know a lot of people like to just tune into Toby um, for the play by play and, and that broadcast crew on the radio side, even though they can hear whoever they've got on the, uh, the TV side, but that's going to do it for today's episode of locked on sooner. Thanks so much for tuning in and being a part of the show, subscribe to the show, wherever you get your podcasts again, we're free and available on all platforms and on YouTube, hit that notification bell over there to let you know when new episodes drop. 
He's Josh Helmer. Follow him on Twitter at Josh on ref. I'm John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John nine Williams. And we can't wait to talk to you next time. Boomer sooner.